it is divine light. And light in this sense really means information. It means energy. It means healing energy. It means clarity, wisdom. And, the, and these guides can work through people on multiple levels at once. It's often during an MDLT session, they're working on one specific level with somebody, physical, genetic, psychological, neurological, emotional, spiritual. And on spiritual level, that can be the level of our higher self or the level of the Holy Christ self or the highest level of what they would call the level of the I am presence. Yeah, I'm so excited that we're able to do this. Yeah. We were able to, for the listeners to know, and I'm going to be talking about this throughout our conversation. Mm-hmm. I was able to do a MDLT session with you, which I was it's so grateful for. To use, a lot easier to use the uh, the abbreviation. Yeah. It's a clunker of a name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> MDLT. Right. And then I'm like, wait, multidimensional divine light transmission. That is it. You there you know, go. That's how it came to me. So I have to use it. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, lo- I love it. And we're going to be diving into that today. But yeah, I was really, I was very, very fortunate that and grateful that you were willing to lead me through an MDLT session together. Because uh, I really wanted to have that experience before we had this experience of chatting together to talk more about this um, service that you provide and yeah, I'm excited to share. I'm excited to share about it because it was great. It was fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you wanted to try it, that you were game for it. And it it is the kind of thing that, as we'll touch on later, you have to kind of experience it to know, you know, words kind of fail. Yeah. The experience is where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> so, it. yeah. so hopefully we can do our best today yeah, to, we'll to talk about it verbally. Mm-hmm. And I definitely encourage people listening if after you hear our conversation about this, if there's curiosity there an opening a calling, you know, it's words. Oh, I kind of want to try this then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely reach out to Chris and give it a shot because it's, it's pretty cool. Sure. So I really, I'd love to hear about your journey as much as you're comfortable sharing in regards Mm -hmm. to kind of where you got, or how you got here in terms of both clinically as well as personally. Yeah. Whatever you want to start with, whatever you're feeling Mm -hmm. called towards, I'm just, yeah, I'm curious your background and what you would, yeah, Yeah. like to start with in regards to sharing that with the listeners. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for the uh, open kind of take it anywhere you want uh, uh, freedom. I appreciate that. Um, And I'll, going to try to be concise, help keep me on track as needed. (laughs) Um, I I feel like what may be just most compelling, maybe I'll try to start more or less where things got really interesting for me somewhere around 2018. The timeline is kind of fuzzy, but just for a little bit of background, so it it makes some sense. So um, I felt led to go into um, something like therapy, social work, some kind of human service work, out of um, doing music for uh, six or seven years post undergrad. Mm. Music was really my first love. I still love it, but after six, seven years in it, in my twenties, 
I had been really kind of battling the last couple of years with what really felt like a soul calling. Something was calling me out of that, mm -hmm. but it wasn't clear to what exactly. I just thought I had already been in therapy a little bit, you know, what back be when it was more a shameful thing, when it wasn't cool, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, early nineties or whatever. Right. Um, but it was very necessary at the time because I was very depressed and um, and struggling mightily, uh, very much in silence. And I just knew at some point I needed help. And thankfully, I got it. And that really um, changed everything and set a, a trajectory for my future. There's no doubt about it. So I'm very grateful for that. Uh, but um, so a few years later, uh, that that calling, that's that inner struggle about, I don't think I'm supposed to be, you know, this isn't it for me, like driving around in a van with five sweaty guys playing rock and roll for the rest of my life. Yeah. This has been great. I no regrets. It was amazing. I always think fondly of it. But um, I just just had an, an inner knowing that this was coming to an end. And so, um, so I made some changes, moved back to New York from where I was uh, up north in Boston doing the music thing and got into therapy again. And uh, that was with the person who to this very day is still my therapist and mentor. Wow. Effectively retired, but still, you know, we still are in touch regularly. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's kind of my Yoda, if you know what I mean. That's beautiful. Right. Yeah. So he uh, was a great help in uh, on on many levels, of course, but he helped me really narrow down what I seemed to feel I was being called to and really very quickly validated that he thought that I was I was suited for this to do something like he was doing. Mm. And so from there, I just based on um, ethics and, and values and um, kind of the mission statement of, you know, all the different pathways you could take, social work, psychology, uh, even ministry, I sort of briefly considered, might I do something like that? And it was the values of social work that really spoke to me, the core values of the profession, um, you know, coming from the settlement house and Jane Hull tradition and all that. It just spoke to me and I knew that was it. So I started applying for programs, rest is history, went to NYU, graduated in 2000, worked for um, six, seven years in community mental health, psychiatry, addiction setting, very conventional. Yeah. You know, lots of extreme trauma, you know how it is mm -hmm. on a community level. So great, all grist for the mill, great experience. And then I continued on, opened my own practice in late 2006, early 2007 here in Nashville, where I live now still, and um, more or less continued on, even though I was always holistically minded, you know, kind of mind, body, spirit minded mm -hmm. in terms of what I was doing, which is more or less straight ahead, talk therapy, kind of psychodynamic, relational, object relations, you know, doing a lot of group therapy, long-term kind of dynamic interpersonal groups on and on for year after year after year. Yeah. And so where I, I could say, I can look back now and see that for probably roughly the 10 years, maybe eight years in the lead up to about 2018, I think I was really in the dark night of the soul of sorts. Yeah. And 
beginning to burn out. Mm -hmm. But signs were not so overt. They were more insidious. They were subtle. And I wasn't recognizing them um, for what they were really trying to tell me. So yeah. that is really to say that I think I had to be literally brought to my knees and and ushered into a temporary state of absolute madness mm. for me to have eyes open enough to see that there was something really serious and kind of multi-determined at play, right? Mm. It wasn't depression. It wasn't just burnout. It wasn't purely spiritual. It, was a, it seemed to be a mix of these things, but I landed at a point where I really thought I was going batshit. Yeah. And it was scary and dark and difficult. However, I had already you know, with the book knowledge, the esoteric metaphysical kind of knowledge I had had that, you know, like you said in the intro, really the interest traced back to pretty much high school, late high school. And with the little bit of experience that I have was starting to get in the few years in the lead up to this, working with people who were having spiritual emergencies or an overlap of uh, spiritual experience and maybe some psychosis and you know, near death experiences, I started to see a smattering of this. And that was beginning to interest me because it lines up with really, I think, why I'm here. <laughs> right. So when everything came crashing down on, on me, I guess what I'm really trying to say here is what I knew to do is what I was, I had already begun to try to help other people do is just mm -hmm. simply surrender to it completely. So that is what I did. So as it got super dark and scary, I just made as much time as I could to sit and meditate, pray, ask for clarity. More than anything, that was my ask for clarity. Mm -hmm. And I had no lack of faith. That wasn't an issue. This wasn't like a, a crisis of faith. This was just a time to really double down and, and surrender. Um, long, long walks in the woods, long sits meditating, praying, asking for help. And I had great support, my wife, my therapist, you know, I wasn't going it alone, but I realized that this is complex, utterly simple, yet complex, multi-determined. And so I was really just initially, my only ask was for clarity. Show me what this is and what it isn't. So I know, right. Am right. I going psychiatrically mad? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Am I just, is my marriage over? Is this career over? What is it? What is it not? And it's very hard to describe how the clarity began to come. All I can say is that it did. Mm. <laughs> um, it did start to come in ways that I, I can't, more just a feeling. It's an experience of just being slowly lifted out of the darkness um, with some exceptions in terms of, of um, the ways that it's difficult to describe, meaning Somewhere in that in that period, I began to receive some very clear messages. I'm clear, but not clear. So I'll give you an example. The mm -hmm. first one that I received was it went like this. We it was either we have been waiting or the world has been waiting for you to come forth with all of who you are. Mm. I can't I didn't hear it. I didn't uh, see it. It's like a. it was like a trend. His mission 
of yeah. some sort, like a mental overlay of that statement was just literally given to me in one of those mm. times where I was just sitting and meditating. There was one a little bit like it many, many years before when I when I was attempting an intensive meditation practice. And um, but I don't I don't want to go off on that rapid trail. Okay. Back where I was. So this is, you know, 2018 ish, somewhere in there, I get that message. And I felt very comforted by it. Let me fast forward a little bit some months, maybe weeks, months later, I don't know, once again, sitting in a meditation. By this time, I had started to experience a little bit of involuntary uh, body movement, mm -hmm. kind of head wobbling around, I'll get into to more of that phenomenon. But the, but I received the second message. The second message came through even clearer. And it was, you are being given a gift of holy discernment. And I didn't really know exactly what that meant. But I sure knew that it wasn't some part of me or my mind that said that because yeah. I don't know what that means, right? I'd never put those two words together before. Mm -hmm in discernment, not something I was aware of ever hearing. And I didn't know exactly what to do with it, but I knew it was a gift. Yeah. I later determined through the way the gift actually manifested that it was a gift from the Holy Spirit. Mm. So, but before I realized what the practical application of that gift was, there was a time lag between receiving that message and then some weeks or months later, I was um, experimenting with an learning an energy psychology type method that utilized muscle testing. Mm -hmm. I was experimenting with the different ways that we can muscle test or use a pendulum, that kind of thing. And I was, I literally remember the day when I was on a video session with somebody and we were trying this out and um, I had trained in this one method and I was using that. And then I was literally just feeling already led to, to take a little bit from this other similar method and take this piece from this other similar method and put it all in a soup. And before I knew it, I was crafting kind of my own little energy psych method. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, I still do that today. It's called subconscious heal and release. It's pretty neat. But anyway, I'm in that session with somebody and I'm utilizing some kind of muscle testing. And that's, you know, for anyone that's not familiar with it, it comes from kinesiology. It's based on the wisdom of the body, that if the body knows how to give you a yes or a no, a true or a false, it will only give you that. So I'm, I'm doing the session. And while I'm doing, I think it was like the finger test mm. kind of thing. It might've been the pendulum. I don't quite remember. What I do remember is all of a sudden I noticed that my own head was starting to involuntarily nod along with what the muscle testing result was. In uh. other words, it was getting true with the muscle test. My head was slowly nodding yes. And if I was getting false or no, my head would nod left or right to indicate no. And that was for answering for the person that you were sitting with? Correct. Okay. That's how it showed up, right? whatever this was. So I noticed it. I didn't know what to make of it. I questioned it. I tried to kind of maybe forget about it and just see if it was an, an, some kind of strange anomaly, purely physical or something. Right. But it didn't stop. It didn't go away. And it, it quickly reached the point where 
when I would just, with any kind of mindfulness or intention, if I would just think a question or make a statement, I would notice the same phenomenon. My okay. head was responding as if someone was in my head responding. And so as I kept experimenting with that energy psychology process with people, I eventually abandoned the formal methods of muscle testing and abandoned the pendulum, which in its own way turned out to be kind of glitchy and funky. And I just started practicing using this built-in phenomenon, which mm -hmm. I then later realized, oh, duh, this is the, the practical application of the gift of holy discernment. Mm. Because that's exactly what it is. It's like this built-in mechanism of discerning truth from falsehood or giving a yes or a no. Oh, interesting. Right. So, okay. Now I've lost the thread of the original. Question. Well, you've shared, you've shared some really great stuff yeah. and I'm like, and I'm just like sitting here like, wow, this is so interesting. I guess one thing, yeah. if I could kind of take a pause in, in this timeline is so in 2018, that was the start of like you were just describing and thank you for sharing, you know, what that was for you, this kind of, yeah, this kind of scary, yeah, yeah. as you describe it, dark night of the soul. And it's not just one night. It's, oh yeah, it's many nights, many days, but yeah. in, in the course of that, and then turning towards that being with it, as you start to notice these downloads, these messages coming in about maybe your true calling or a way of being in the world. Yeah. Were you at what point, I guess I'm curious, did you make a big shift then in your career or was this kind of like a slow burn and there was like gradual changes that you started to make or was it kind of like a big, was there a moment of big change that you made? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I don't know that there was a moment of a, of a big change. It was, um, a gradual, uh, basically we could say I was just from 2018-ish through COVID and closing my office, moving home like many of us did, I was just really being pulled out of the conventional box, right? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe slowly, but not so slowly. As I was recovering from the depths of the the, the madness, really, which also involved in many of those sits, which I kept doing, I kept going and receiving more messages. And then with that head movement phenomenon, not the sort of quick yes, no, true, false one that I was just describing, but the more I would sit in meditation and pray and continue to ask for clarity and show me what you would have me do, um, I started to notice there was more and more movement each time and it was very much like the mainstay formation of the movement was the infinity symbol mm. i started to notice that and then there were periods where the head movement became full upper body movement and then kind of wild circles and and it started to seem like sacred geometrical formations were being kind oh, of enacted through me right so again you know i had an understanding of a lot of this stuff from being interested in metaphysics and sacred geometry and mysticism and all this stuff going way, way back. So here, here, just so at one point I just started to realize, okay, there's something more going on here. And 
then I started to just ask so more questions, more internally, mostly during those meditations. And I would use that quick holy discernment guidance to give me answers based on what I could think to ask. So I started to ask questions like, is there some is there some being or guide working with me right now? Is that what mm -hmm. this is? That's where it started. And it was a yes. Mm. And then I started venturing guesses. And um, most times it would I would get a no, but sometimes I would get a yes. Mm. And then along with my kind of wanting to verify some of these, this information, I felt led at one point to have a reading with uh, someone who was an author and whose books I have read many of and I looked her up and saw that, okay, yeah, she's doing her thing. It's really broadened. She's channeling all sorts of ascended masters and whatnot. I just felt the trust with her and it felt right. I felt led to do a reading with her and I did. And long story short, I didn't tell her anything as you usually don't, mm -hmm. nothing. And she right away interpreted through, I think she was channeling ascended master kuthumi it what came through for me was a validation that i had just i had just starting to come out of an extreme darkness mm. and that this was all part of my soul contract it was that mm. i put it off longer than maybe i should have but okay. you know, whatever better late than never kind of thing and that um saint germain ascended master saint germain Christ and Melchizedek were all supporting me during this time right here. Wow. And I felt like what I really got from that was that, um, that St. Germain was kind of like in what in some circles they call your gateway guide. When you come online with something like this, there's usually one kind of guide or saint or master or whatever being that's kind of like your gateway, right? Kind of mm -hmm. like your main person. And they may stay with you, they may not. But so from that point on, just me being me, I've, I've only got more curious about it and more open to it. And I was feeling better. I mean, so I was already giving evidence that this is good. <laughs> These are not right. like trickster entities, you know. Yeah. Your life wouldn't be getting better if you're being misled by, you know, dark sure. force, whatever. There were times later where some of that tried to come in. And I think that was allowed to test my discernment and my mm. ability to really energetically know the difference between a lower order and a higher order being. So anyway. Interesting. Can I ask a question real quick? Sure. So as these things were coming to you and you were experimenting with the muscle testing and realizing, wow, like I am, a, I, I am feeling connected to this energy higher than me. Were there yeah. any parts of you at any point that were like questioning, <laughs> questioning this and, or maybe like, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm going nuts or, you yeah. know, I, I, like this. Well, is... yeah. I mean, I had come out of a period where I thought right. I was, I was going nuts and I really did for a minute. I mean, yeah. I lost it and, <laughs> but, but fortunately not entirely yeah. and it was temporary and I guess I, I guess I did the right thing with it. You know, I didn't go on psych meds and, and quit, quit my career and get a divorce. And, you know, I can totally get why people do. Exactly. Yeah. That can yeah. lead to those things. 
Yeah. And, and this is not to say that, you know, certain medications are not needed, right? I mean, there's certain situations where it, it's extremely helpful. And yes. I find this is so fascinating because you do wonder, or at least I wonder how many people on this planet are maybe experiencing something really scary within themselves. And it's connected to like kind of your experience of they've been pushing down and rejecting something subconsciously that they're truly meant to be connecting with, but they're not. And then eventually, like you said, it's like, it's going to explode <laughs> or it's going to yeah. get your attention in some way, one way or another, but it might have a really scary yeah. negative impact in terms of how that is embodied. That's right. That's right. And it sounds like you're a great example of slowing down and taking the time to turn towards that rather than getting blended with the fear, which is so easy to do rightfully. So, oh, yeah. and to try and like, Oh God, you know, let's throw everything okay. at this to try and get this to stop. Yes. And, and there's a time of course, and it's important to obviously like stabilize and make sure that you're safe, you know, and, and, and all of that. But it, yeah, it just sounds like you really opened yourself up to what this experience was trying to tell you. Absolutely. And I really did rely on spirit or these guides, whatever was starting to happen to help me with the parts of my, I wasn't really thinking in terms of parts very much at that time, but I was also very aware that the, there was, yes, a lot of firefighter energy mm -hmm. <laughs> at times raising the alarms and tripping the triggers and um, you know, I had been in therapy for so long. And so it wasn't, I didn't feel like it was really a lot of like young, vulnerable exile pain coming up really is this was kind of a different animal, but I definitely had firefighters and, and protectors at times, like wanting to shut this down. And mm -hmm. at one point I did fairly early on when the whole head movement thing started, I did just basically at one point say, you know what? I basically said in a meditation, I don't, think I'm ready for this because I started to think you know what okay what I, this is I'm becoming a channel a medium I'm on paper I'm all about it love it but I still feel like I'm not well enough so mm. I'm I really want to say no to this for now but I'm going to trust that if this really is for me then then the, the divine will or my own guides will give me a sign and I did kind of step away from it and uh, I'm telling you, it was not two months later that uh, I remember sitting at the dinner table with my family, having a regular old dinner, and all of a sudden, my head starts wobbling around again. Mm. And my wife's looking at me like, that's interesting. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just kind of knew, Natalie, that that was a little soft signal of like, mm. let's let's try again, right? Yeah. And I guess enough, I, I had got my feet under me enough, maybe in that month and a half, two months, that that the spirit, the guys, whatever, uh, didn't didn't want to wait any longer than was necessary to try to encourage me to get back on this train. So I took it on faith and I went with it. And then I resumed the sitting, the meditation. And then it was like wildfire. I mean, it was just kicking in and... Mm. At that point, I was getting a little better at trying to determine 
who or what host or guide is coming in to work with me. It's this kind of history. It goes on and on. And that's what I find interesting is, and this is a question I have is for you, because you say these names of people as hosts, and I'm like, I have never heard of these people before. I don't. So how (laughs) did you? Mm. Yeah, I guess my question is like, how Mm. did you know who was there? Do they share their names? Do they share their image? Is it, are you having to like feel something or hear something? And then you have to go look it up. I mean, yeah. How, yeah. yeah. How did you, how do you come to know? How did you come to know who was, yeah, who you were channeling? Well, the short answer is, um, so let's bring a little IFS in here, right? It's, it's just um, insatiable curiosity. Really. It's like, I am going to figure this out if I'm allowed to know. And I hope that I am, because this is at least in part my experience I feel like I should have the right to know who's interacting with me. And whenever I remember when I would express that, I would get confirmation of yes, yes. So, but I would not hear, I am not clairaudient, although I do think that that is in process. I have good reason to feel that. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of sits in this last year where that that is the focus of the sit, but Anyway, we'll come back to that. But to date, I'm I don't I don't have the clear hearing, and I don't I'm not uh, clairvoyant. I, I'm not getting prophecies and precognitions and pictures of the future, and I don't want to. That's not my bag. I think that's a whole can of worms for people, and it can encourage people to give their power away, and that's not what I'm sure. here for. But what I could say that I was. In, in addition to this sort of gift of holy discernment that shows up in the way I've described, I think I could say that I have like a claircognizant and a clairsentient, like a clear clear sensing mm-hmm. and a clear knowing ability. So, and this was largely practiced over these years from 2018 forward. And so when, so I would, to try to answer your question, it basically started with, and often it's still like, I just have to run through the sort of file of facts of names of different masters, saints, sages, supreme beings, holy ones, illumined ones that that spans the spectrum that have come through over these years to work with me, spans the spectrum of religious tradition across time, all the way back to antiquity, um, you know, Judaism, Christianity, the more mystical Gnostic branches, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it, there, there's so many. Sometimes I can't even get it. I can't figure it out. Like today, just today, I did a MDLT session with mm-hmm. a old client who kind of got hip to that I'm doing this and wanted to come in. And goddess Isis was the primary host. And that was very clear and easy to get for some reason. But the secondary host all I could get was masculine, um, holy one, supreme being. Oh. Everyone I could think to name off, no, 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 Interesting. No. And then I don't really get help. Like if I'm stumped, it's not like I get a download of the name. Mm. I just don't. So maybe I'm not always supposed to know. It's not the most important thing. Important thing is, is the work. It's what they're coming through to do and exactly. offer. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Because I was curious and- we can get into if you're ready, like to talk yeah. more about MDLT. Cause like I shared at the very beginning, I was able to to do a session with you with yeah. MDLT. And 
yeah. So let's start with first, like what, what is MDLT? Yeah. Okay. Right. So it stands for multidimensional divine light transmission. Again, clunker of a name, <laughs> but it, but that name was downloaded to me in a meditation where mm. I had already been nudged, strongly nudged a uh, little less than a year ago to start bringing this phenomenon that happens in my personal work. This really, I call it, it's initiation work. That's what started in 2018. When I was sitting and asking for clarity and my head started wobbling around, once it became clear that there are high beings working with me, I realized, oh, this is a this is a kind of an initiation, like in the you know ancient Egyptian mystery schools and esoteric mm. traditions, as they would say, right? Of, of some modern form, <laughs> anyway, of that, right? And so sometime a little less than a year ago, I just started to feel strong nudges and hunches. Again, kind of like in a clairsentient, I just knew it. I just knew someone or something was telling me, start to bring this into the clinical space into your work. So I started floating it out to people that I knew would, would be open to this kind of thing and, and trusted me. And the rest is history. We just started doing this. I just started surrendering the session to whoever was going to come in and work through us for that person. And, and it was maybe a month later, I realized, okay, people like this and I'm I think I'm supposed to keep doing more of this so I guess it needs a name and so when I did a meditation one day I said please if you have an idea of what you would have me call this and I literally did get it that day that's amazing it, it, it kind of came backwards in a different order and I knew there was something off and then it was sort of up to me to put it together and then mm -hmm. when I thought I had the right order I asked and I got the nod yes wow that's it. So multidimensional, because I think there are, it does cr cross all spectrum of mm -hmm. love and light, of time and dimension. I'll just leave that part there for now. I think that's why it was important to have that word. It is divine light. And light in this sense really means information. It means energy. It means healing energy. It means clarity, wisdom. And, the, and these guides can work through people on multiple levels at once. It's often during an MDLT session, they're working on one specific level with somebody, physical, genetic, psychological, neurological, emotional, spiritual. And on spiritual level, that can be the level of our higher self or the level of the Holy Christ self or the highest level of what in the kind of the ascended master esoteric tradition, they would call the level of the I am presence. So that would be the highest level of our being that's the closest connection to the Godhead or the divine realm or the heavenly realms. Because I remember you telling me you were yeah. sensing that they were going to be working on my dimension of highest self, right? Yeah, of your higher self. That's of correct. my higher self. Okay. Yes, that's what I remember for you that day. Right. But um, so what, uh, let, let me attempt to try to just concisely describe it. Again, this is a process where words kind of fail, but how I'm thinking of it, and I feel like I was nudged to into discover this term theurgy, not theology, but theurgy, which comes from antiquity, Neoplatonian philosophers like Iamblichus, that's quite a name, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, who I think he coined that term 
theurgy, which really means God action, divine action, a connection, relational, open channel between the human soul and the divine. Um, so if like, like how somebody puts it is, if theology is watching the baseball game, theurgy is you're on the mound, you're pitching, pitching or hitting, right? Oh, okay. So more yeah, of like so you are doing it, you're experiencing it. It's direct experience, right? It's direct it, experience. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's gnosis in action, like gnosis as in personal knowledge from experience, right? It is, it, it so it, so the more I've started, I've read a couple of books now um, on, on theurgy, which draws heavily from ancient Egyptian, um, Greco-Roman and hermetic wisdom, rites, knowledge, mystery school knowledge. So it's really just a, a, it was a method of making that direct connection to, you know, they would say the gods, mm, right? Mm -hmm. um, I just say to the divine or the guides or the hosts or the angels or ascended masters or, or um, archangels, whatever. So it, it's a, I, I think of it as a modern kind of modified form of theurgy. And, and I think about it as relational and embodied relational mysticism or practical mysticism. That's to date. That's how I'm describing it or thinking about what it is. And now let's turn it over to what you, how you experienced it. Yeah. yeah. It's so I'll say when you, you emailed me, well, first I'll say this, you first encouraged me to read a description of it on your website, which I appreciated because on your website, yeah. you list off and people can look to that and click on your link in the show notes for your website and, and read more about MDLT as well as some of the other services you provide. But that was mm -hmm. really helpful because there were just things listed on there that you were like, Hey, I really, I really want you to like read this and just to kind of yeah. have, would you say that was for like, would you say maybe parts of me just kind of checking in with, and I know we did that literally before we started the session, right? but I got the feeling that you were, I guess, wanting to make sure that I knew what I could yes. going into it. And yeah. I, I'm assuming that's kind of, would you say like a check-in for me and my parts to see like, are there parts of me that have fears or concerns about this? And is there Absolutely. an openness is yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. It's that. It's that and more. Part of the more is that um, I learned from doing that process with one person who I either forgot to ask them to read through the page or I asked them and they didn't. And then when they came in to do it, I forgot to say, so did you have any questions about what you read? Basically, no harm, no foul. It didn't happen. So this person came in with a very different and incorrect preconceived idea of what this is yes and wound up sitting on the edge of their seat watching and waiting for me to start voice channeling which yes. doesn't happen except maybe at the end but that's not what it's about so it was kind of a, a clunker and that's where i really appreciated you encouraging me to read that because i yes. too had expectation parts of me had expectations yes. i think based on just kind of traditionally other work that I've done with, let's say a, a, a medium that does mainly speak out loud and share what they're right. seeing or hearing. Right. So I think that was exactly. the expectation that I had at first was, oh, okay. So he's going to be channeling this, I think, and right. then he's going to be speaking out loud to me. 
about what he's seeing and what he's hearing, right? So it was so helpful to read that and to know going in, okay, yeah. I need to let go of that. That's another right. way. Like that's another way. And that's, that's not what this is. So I appreciated that. Yeah. And then the day of our session, you sent me an email that morning saying, hey, heads up. You know, oh, I had, and I'd love to hear you talk more about yeah what you do here. But sure. you were like, hey, like your hosts for today are going to be Mary Magdalene and, and Archangel Chamuel. And I was like, oh, and I think even in that email, you said, and they're going to be working on the dimension of your higher self. Right. And I was just like, oh, this is interesting, you know, and it was fun to kind of receive that beforehand. Yeah. And so I'm curious, yeah, to know more about why you do that. Like, is there an intention there? Is there... Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's the reason for giving people a heads up and how do you even do that? <laughs> yeah. How do you invite that at the start of your day? Sure. Well, so a couple of years ago, as a natural part of the unfolding of, of bringing the, all of this into existence in my practice and, um, you know, being outside the box as the name mm -hmm. implies and, and as a way of continuing the, the the just immense gratitude that I felt and still feel and will forever feel for being led out of the depths of the darkness and brought online with all of this, as that first transmission said, has that the world has been waiting for you to come forth with all of who you are, right? Mm. So, at, so in a way of honoring that and continuing to grease that wheel of, of being shown and led, I do a whole practice every single morning, especially on work days, where I do, you know, a whole series of prayers, some conventional, some not. When I do my, my personal sits, I do a whole set of decrees that really comes out of the kind of St. Germain Violet Flame esoteric tradition. But uh, what am I trying to say here is that I check in about, I look at my list of who I'm going to be seeing for that day. And I mainly want to get, you know, get the connection open, which is very quick and easy. And I want to know what's in the highest and best good in the view of the divine for us to do of all the things that I have to offer. Mm. So I get that. So, okay. So for Joe today, I'm getting MDLT and then I will say, okay. And is it known at this moment who would be the host or guides? And it's always a yes. <laughs> and then I do my file of facts thing where I ask, masculine or feminine? Okay, masculine. Is it Christ, Melchizedek, whatever? And if I can nail it down, then um, I just started with some of my guinea pigs for MDLT. Um, I started emailing them in the morning. Hey, if you want to do the process today, we've got a thumbs up and it's going to be Mother Mary and whatever. And they just liked that. And yeah. so I just continued to do that. Yeah. And I'll say, I even as you just said that part of like, yeah. hey, we got a thumbs up. I think that was the energy. And I think that uh, that too helps soothe parts of me that were maybe nervous going into something that I wasn't familiar with. And right. it was, I think, calming and reassuring to know, to hear from you that you've checked in and yeah. hey, here's what's there waiting for you. There's a thumbs up. They're ready. And that's, that's right. I think it was like, oh, oh, yes. Okay. This is exciting. That's so, great. Because I trust that completely, that I get the right guidance on that. Like there are times with 
like, let's say that there's was one person that I'm working with now for months and months and months. And all we do is IFS. This person loves IFS and, and, we're, and it's going great. I mean, really great. And we're bringing in the transpersonal component, which this person is open to that within the context of IFS. Maybe we'll, we'll come back to that. I'll bookmark that. From time to time, when I do my check-ins and I see that person's name on my schedule, I will ask, um, offer MDLT? And to date, every time it's a no. Interesting. And it's, and it's not like a no, that's not for this person. Mm -hmm. I take it, it's like, not yet. Mm. Not right time yet, or not the best good, like yeah. stable. IFS, yes. Yeah. So I trust the timing, I trust the divine, I trust the timing of that. So I think because I trust it, that comes across to you in this right. case. And yeah, felt, absolutely. Felt right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I really like that. And, and then we, we started our session and you invited me to turn inwards and just check in with my parts again, which I appreciated because there was a part yeah. present that was standing there being like, wait a minute, hold on. And it was a fear of losing control. Right. And you were great in helping me connect with that part and letting oh, it know that I will be in control, that this isn't something where I am being taken out or right. yeah, like I'm not connected. You were like, you're still going to be connected to this reality along with, you know, accessing maybe this right. other dimension. Right. So, it, and you were, I think you said something like, let the part know that it can, it can come in and be like, okay, wait a minute. Yeah, it can let you, you know it can, if it gets concerned or triggered yeah. or right. Sure. Yeah. All parts work them even in even in a process that isn't about parts work. Right. And so, <laughs> so that in uh, itself was just really soothing and that was really helpful. And then that part was like it felt good and it stepped yeah. back. And you invited me to close my eyes and you how would you describe it? You kind of invited um yeah, I do a, like an invocation, you, you would say, which is really just an invitation. And I, I ad lib it, you know, it's some of the same stuff that I've just learned to, that feels good to say. It's a, but it's a little different every time. I just do it intuitively. And it's basically just inviting in and giving thanks and, and, and making it known that we are here willingly together and, and we are turning it over to the host or the guide and trusting that the highest and best good for the recipient, which is you will be done. Mm -hmm. And in this process, this feels right to say this here, what makes this, one of the things I think that makes it very different from like, you know, a mediumship reading or a psychic experience or whatever, is that my role is simply a bridge. Uh, I'm not sitting there receiving information about you or that, you know, or giving, being shown images, nothing like that. I just go into the mildest of, of trance states. I'm fully present, awake, and aware, but eyes closed and my head wobbles around just like in my personal sits. It's the same stuff. Mm -hmm. And really my understanding is that the host or the guide, they come in and they set up like a Taurus or toroidal field of energy. Spherical field is what Iamblichus called it back then in his mm -hmm. theurgical. He said that it's, it's a spherical process of making that connection with a divine being or the divine realm. So the the Taurus or toroidal is more like a you know a quantum quantum language, quantum mechanical type language. 
But anyway, that's what it seems to be. They just come in and instantly set up the spherical field where their energy, some portion of it, percent, not all of it, it's anywhere between 30 at the lowest that I've gotten and 80% of the energy of that being uh, or that, uh, that uh, however you want to think about mm -hmm. it, master, angel, descends down in through this sphere work goes through me as the bridge and conduit and the offering of the divine light and whatever form that's going to be uh to you and sort of back yes. up around right? yeah okay yeah and that's and i think that's where it can feel like a different experience than what you were saying with other mediumships and because it yeah. and I, I and again i'm appreciative that you made sure that i understood that before we did it because it, it is, it's a lot of silence and it's, right. it's me, Mostly. like it's me paying attention to yeah. what's coming forward within me. And for my experience, I tend to be very visual. And so yeah. I did see a lot of things and I heard, you know, words, messages and, you know, and that was my experience. And yeah. And I know you had also said at some point in our conversation, I think you also used the term like you were like a copper wire and that, yeah, to keep that in mind too, that it's, right. you're just helping me be able to access whatever it is that is right. wanting to be expressed to me. And so, yeah, right. that was, that was really neat. And this was something interesting too, that, I, that we talked about at the end of the session was because it's a lot of silence. It's mostly silence, unless you yep. said, if I was feeling called towards like saying things out loud to you that I was noticing, I could do that. In my experience with that particular session, I stayed silent and was right. just kind of receiving and noticing what was happening within me. And then there was a couple moments like in the middle or whenever it was, I don't know, time was not yes. existent, <laughs> but you, <laughs> right. you, you just kind of, you said, Hey, all right, this is now a transition from this host to this one. Right. And I knew that before you even said it, I yeah. felt it, I saw it. Uh, and that happened both times, both where it yeah. was that, uh, where it the, went from Mary Magdalene energy, stepping back to allow the Archangel. Yeah. And then I even knew it when it was at the end and yeah. Mary Magdalene was coming back in and it was just so interesting because it's like, I knew yeah. it. And then, then you said it. Yeah. And you're now, you're now the third or fourth person to give me that same feedback. Yeah. So there's something developing there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this process is in development because a lot of, a lot of my personal sits these days um, that I do as often as I can. Um, it, a lot of times lately it's uh, well, it seems to be since my big trip to Mount Shasta back in August, where I received a lot of activations and downloads and stuff. But during, while I was there and since I've been back, a lot of my personal sits, it seems to be about the guy, whoever's coming in to work with me on different levels, genetic even, like activating DNA and physical somatic for the purpose of preparing me, helping me to hold more energy and frequency mm. so that more divine light or more energy of the guides can come through. Yeah, that's very neat. So I think that's how I'm 
provisionally understanding why there's a little bit more interesting kind of synchronicities of like the recipient knows what's going on before even I do, you know? Yeah. I love that. And one thing, cause I mentioned this to you in our session was, you know, for six to eight months now, I've been seeing the number 11 everywhere to the point where it's, it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) And in that experience, 11 and just even the two like lines next to each other and like a path, an image of a path with those lines and Mary Magdalene being on that path and kind of looking at me with her handout, kind of like, if you're ready, follow me on this path. And I didn't tell you this. I had forgotten to tell you this. So I didn't open my eyes except for like maybe the first time I opened my eyes, it was just so brief and small and it was like nothing. It was just kind of like a blip. And then I didn't even like, yeah, yeah. Take in anything necessarily. The second time I opened my eyes, but purposely in that moment looked at the time. Yeah. It was one eleven. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> yeah. And it was towards the end. Cause we started our session like at noon, my time that day. So we'd already yeah. been sitting with each other for an hour and 11 minutes. And right. I literally opened my eyes. And I looked at the time and I went, are you joking? I mean, it was just because I had already received again, like 11, these yeah. lines follow the path. And it was just like, wow. that's. <laughs> have, have you continued to notice 11? Yes. Yeah. I'm not surprised because it seems that once it starts, it just goes on and on. You know, you it's know, the master uh, numbers, <laughs> angel number phenomenon. Yeah. 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 What is 11? What is the significance of 11? Do you know? I mean, it depends on who you ask. To me, what resonates is that it's just a signal from angels or your personal guides that you are protected. We see what you're doing. Keep going. You're on the right path. Okay. That's exactly- your interpretation, you know. Sure. That's exactly how I've been (laughs) connecting with that too, is yeah, yeah, you're on the right path. Right. Keep following the path. And that was fascinating. Then in that session, you know, with Mary Magdalene, it was like a path. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Quite literal, which is too, because Mary Magdalene, like all the guides that come through obviously are capable of doing many different things or bringing through many different things. But in a bullet point sense, what I've gotten so far, and one of my Guinea pig clients has helped me to put this together is that when Mother Mary comes in, she tends to come in with comfort and Sophia comes in with wisdom, faith and wisdom. But Mary Magdalene comes in to clear the path. And you had like a literal experience oh, yeah. of that from her, right? And then oh, yeah. Isis, Isis brings the magic. <laughs> uh, I love that. Yeah, it's yeah. so beautiful. And yeah. Yeah. And oh, okay. So then at the end, I want to make sure we get to this too. You had also kind of given me the heads up about channeling and how that could happen at the end. And you asked if I was open to that. And I was like, heck yes. And you, (laughs) but you made it clear though. You said it might not always happen. Right. And so So you asked. The voice channeling part at the end, it either does or doesn't. Is no real rhyme or reason that I'm aware of so far why sometimes it does come through and sometimes it doesn't. Okay. But you did your, your way of checking in with that. And you said, yes, it's Mary Magdalene. There is something that she would like me to channel to you from her. And, and you started speaking. Yeah. 
And yeah, I mean, I guess with that, was that the channeling aspect? Was that something that just came to you one day or that? Yeah, I can can tell you exactly how. Okay. Yeah. So I think before I even got the first clear nudges to start bringing this stuff that's going on in my personal initiation work into with clients, what happened was this past Mother's Day, we had a whole plan for Mother's Day. And my wife woke up that morning with um, a wicked migraine. She gets them, but this one was really bad, like to the point where she was tearful and not sure we're going to be able to go on with the plan for the day. Mm. And I just, without thinking about it, I said, why don't you come in here, you know, into into my home office. Let's just sit down and see if there's some spiritual guidance or or something. That's just kind of how I said it. And we came in and we sat down and I just kind of did an invocation and an ask and surrendered the session. And then I was able to determine a few minutes later that the seraphim were coming in and like a group, like a four maybe Mm. of seraphim, particular angelic uh, beings. And we just went with it. And about 50 or so minutes later, I knew that it was coming to a close and my wife sat up and I said, how you doing? She goes, pretty good. That was really weird. I said, how's your head? Any difference? And she goes, it's about a three. And I said, where was it before? She was like eight. Wow. Half. Like, so whatever happened in that time brought her headache down to a level that we actually did go on with the day. We Mm. didn't have to cancel it. And nothing ever really touches her migraines. I mean, it was amazing. Wow. And, and that I think gave me confidence to, to, or opened me up to receive those nudges to, Hey, start doing this, right? Start doing this with people. This is the the next thing for you. But to answer your question at the, so after she told me it went from an eight to a three, she rhetorically asked something like, I wish I just knew the, the, the real root, you know, Uh, cause of these migraines just said it in just like a frustrated way and I just started speaking to that and 10 seconds or so into it I remember hearing myself saying I don't think this is me talking (laughs) 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 yeah because it was really talking a lot about boundaries about saying no you know stop drop and roll it was using that old like uh, Mm. fire analogy from the 80s which I haven't thought of since then. And and I, so I just knew, oh, I'm channeling this. And that was the beginning of voice channel. Yeah. Oh, that's right. so neat. And then yeah. so you express the message to me from Mary Magdalene and then, or would you say right. as Mary Magdalene? Oh, not as, no. Not as. Okay. So, so for. For on behalf of. It's, okay. It, it's, it's hard to, again, describe how I'm getting it. I don't see the words. It's just like the, when that part's about to start, they just kind of um, sit down just a little bit more in my energy. And I feel my energy kind of raise up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I get, I get this little quick head nod, w- nod, which means, okay, go. Okay. And then just try to stay out of the way and just start speaking. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so you said what you said to me, and then you were like, let me just do a check. 
And mm. how did you say this? You were like, let me make sure that was not coming from me, but it was actually coming from her. Is that oh, right? No, I think what you're thinking of is when I say at the end, let me check my accuracy. Accuracy. Okay. Right. And then I use that quick and dirty. Yes. Okay. I didn't. To just say, so was it a hundred percent? No, that's right. Okay. Between 95 and a hundred. Yes. Yeah. Lately, I'm clocking in at like 96, 97%. That's neat. Yeah. It started at about 80. And so I'm getting more accurate. I think that's great. We, no, it was so cool. Because my understanding is that they're just trying to bring through the vibration or the frequency of the essence of what they want to express. Okay. It's really up to me to try to figure out how to put the closest approximation of language to that vibration to get okay. it across as accurately as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was beautiful. I really yeah. appreciated it. And yeah. it's just, yeah, your, your willingness to connect with this gift and provide this to the world. I'm really grateful for. So as am I, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Might be cool to pivot just to IFS a little bit. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking too. Yeah, so I am curious to hear. Yeah, yeah what what would you like to share about your relationship yeah. with IFS? I know it, it, you call you say transpersonal IFS. Is that correct? Yeah, that's what I'm calling it because that's what it seems to be. And basically, so my history of IFS is it goes back to when I discovered the, the, the red book, you know, the first IFS book in 2006. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember where I saw it or how I came upon it, but I read it and I was like, Oh my God, game changer. Like this is the missing piece. And so long story short, I kind of went in and out of using it. Like many people do, like even Dick says, this is common for therapists he's discovered over these decades that with like any kind of like radical paradigm shifting model you it yeah even if it resonates with every fiber of your being it's a lot to take in and 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 re, you know reapproach how you do what you do so you tend to yeah. go in, you do a dance with it mm -hmm. so i did a dance with it this was back when i was working in community mental health so i danced with ifs for a while and I, I got on the um, interest lists for training, but back then there were never training anywhere near where I was. And they weren't virtual at that time. And they were not either. virtual. And so, and on a community mental health salary, I wasn't going to be able to afford yeah. to go fly to Canada and stay in a hotel to train mm -hmm. and to work and all that. So it see what, how I look at it now, Natalie, is that that path wasn't meant for me. Mm. I was meant to just dance with it, go in and out of it. But me being me, um, it's if it's going to call me back, I'm going to keep paying attention to that and read more, study more, start applying it again. So for the next 15 years, basically, I just went in and out of it. Yeah. And when all this stuff started for me, you know, crashing in around 2018, I hadn't been doing it for probably a good couple of years. Mm-hmm. I could look back and say that's because I was getting so lost. I didn't have enough self energy. I yeah. couldn't, couldn't do it effectively. So it wasn't really until COVID ish time, maybe even shortly after the first wave where I was really starting to hone in on the kind of rebirth of what I'm going to be doing mm -hmm. outside the box. My wife thought of that name and, 
and all of that. And it, it was at that point that it just sort of reoccurred to me, oh, don't forget about IFS. Mm. And that it just felt like right timing. So I picked it up again and I don't, it's not going anywhere. I'm in yeah. now, you know? Yeah. And, and since I was already working with the higher guides with those that I thought would be open to it. I just started asking if they'd like to open up to the divine realm and mm. allow higher assistance to come in and participate. And so I'll try to make this really brief and you can ask some questions if you want to about it, but basically it only makes sense to call it transpersonal IFS now because, I mean, let's face it, we know IFS is shamanic. It's a shamanic-based therapy. The unburdening yeah. comes right out of shamanism. And what I felt back when I discovered it, I think why it hit me so deeply as like radical game changer was I think I just knew this is like a gateway to the spiritual realm. Yeah. Yes, is a, is a portal. I didn't quite understand how or why mm -hmm. and I don't and I think it took a while for the larger consciousness and the psychological community to catch on to the fact that it really was a spiritual gateway of yes. a process you know and now it's accepted as that yes a spiritual practice a life practice of, of its own mm -hmm. and it's amazing how far it's come and so so I just when I do the invocation and invite in whoever wants to come in to participate, often they're just coming in to hold space, usually. And the client may or may not perceive that, but I'll tell you more and more often, they are perceiving it. Sometimes even before I do, I'll have a client who's in the middle of working with a part say, Christ is here, yeah. or Mary just came in, or my guardian angel, or mm -hmm. you know, could be anything and anyone. And most times it's just to support and hold space and lend energy. But many times now it's been direct intervention, like Archangel Tomuel, for instance, who comes in a lot, comes into IFS sessions and right at the perfect time, if the person's open to it, of course, and only if, when we're maybe working with the tenderest young part or we're getting to, we're about to start an unburdening, they'll come in and help with it. Oh. Or ISIS has come in and told one client of mine, please let me take the burden and the pain of this part. Wow. Mm. And, and like things like that are happening more and yeah. more. And it's just like, you can't beat it. And so right? is that, is would that be, let's say you're with a client and you're engaging, you know, you're helping guide them and what we mm -hmm. call turning in inside and they're connecting with parts would you like is it you sensing the specific guide you know healer coming in yeah and then and then would you say to the client i'm noticing something do i have your permission to share this with you or yeah, yeah how does that work how does that sound good question i'm figuring it out as i go it really just it's it's case dependent it's situation session and person dependent sure um, if if they are open to me making that invitation, then uh, once I sort of lead them in in the way I usually do, like if we're going targeted, you know, it's sort of quick and dirty. It's like, where do you notice that part? Right. Mm -hmm. But if we're going in more sort of a wide open discovery, my style is to say, once you go to the heart center, just feel around there. 
announce your presence as the self of today, you know, see what you notice and just kind of get sort of anchored in self as a way of just sort of buying a little time for me to see who might be coming in. But it's also a way for the client, of course, to just get, try to get some self energy access, right? Right. So it's sort of two birds, one stone. And then if let's say I get, okay, Mary, Mary energy is present. If it feels right to me in that moment, because I don't want to disturb where the client is with their internal sure. process. If I sense they're in a place, I'll just go ahead and say, just so you know, we have Mary energy with us. Oh, yeah. But if I sense that they're really already connecting or feeling some of the emotion of a part, I'll wait. And sometimes I won't mention it at all. And once in a while, the client then will say later, you know, like I said earlier, yeah. Mary is here. Or at another time where it makes some sense, where there's a natural sort of um, lull point or we're going to shift to something else, I'll then say, just so you know, we we have had Mary energy present mm. or we have this archangel energy present. And sometimes the client will just say, oh, that's great. Or sometimes they'll be like, yeah, I know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And they didn't, yes. mention it, but they just sense that there's something yeah. that's themselves and that's not a part. Yes, absolutely. And that's right. where I've really appreciated where, you know, I feel like now that IFS is, I think, 40 years old now, it's, it's evidence-based. I think right. Dick and others feel more comfortable now coming out and talking about more of these spiritual aspects of IFS, because right. you're right, it is like a gateway it's like an opening to these yeah. dimensions within our, if, within if you're our so inclined, yeah. right? right. Yeah. If you're open to that and, right. And yeah. So I'm really, again, like appreciative of your yeah. way of, an, of weaving these things together. Cause I think that's really a yeah. beautiful offering for people. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's in development, it's intuitive, this, you know, all this stuff came with no instruction manual. I'm right. figuring it out as I go, but I know it feels right. And I know it's meant to be. And um, I thought I'd say one thing about, because I know you've had Bob Falconer on now. Yes. More, I love it. Yeah. And I mean, you know, past life parts show up, mm -hmm. um, especially in my world when, when I'm doing it in this transpersonal way. That's always a trip. But just I wanted to say... I got Bob's book the first day it was available. And I think I read that thing in two days. I mean, <laughs> that's a big old book. Course. Yeah, but I couldn't, I was waiting on the edge of my seat for it. And I love the, the approach that he's developed. What I'm doing though, when I do get a sense that there are unattached burdens present, I'm, I'm just doing MDLT with that specific intention. If somebody's open to that, right? Mm -hmm. And I just thought this would be worth sharing that um, maybe three times now I've, I've set up an MDLT session specifically for that purpose. And for whatever reason, each time it's Mother Mary who comes through to do that work mm. and only her thus far. And, and it's kind of quick and dirty, no fanfare. I mean, and even in one of them, I was a little bit worried that this was somebody who I had long suspected had attachment energy, but wasn't really open to it until they let me know that they were, that they yeah. were ready to kind of look at that. And I used my guidance to tell me, and I got that in this individual's case, there were four separate unattached burdens from mm. different times in life, from different traumas, let's just yeah. say. And I thought, oh my God, we're going to need like multiple host guides. We're going to need the biggest mm -hmm. guns. 
and it was Mother Mary. And I felt a little bad for doubting that she could handle it alone. Mm. <laughs> but boy, she was dude. like, I got this. <laughs> oh, there's no, there was no doubt. She got it. And that's beautiful. I still work with that person. And that person feels completely free of it. And oh, it's just amazing. That's yeah. just amazing. It I'm is. Just, I'm so in awe of just what we're capable of. And in, in, right? if, again, if we're open to, if we're open to our gifts and yeah. what we are capable of, we can do amazing things. Agreed. And for me, it, it's really the simple formula and I'll kind of die on this hill that this is what it's about is ask, believe, receive. Mm. Now, I know a lot of people have trouble with the belief part or the faith part. I totally get that. For whatever reason, I never have. I've always had. It's easy for me to believe in the higher realms and to have faith that there is a spiritual solution for everything. So that part came easy. When I was in my darkness, I just knew that's that's my tool here. Mm. I'm going to double down on that and just ask and be open to receive. And that's changed mm. everything for me. So then I believe it can for anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. I feel like that's a great place for us to yeah. end today. I could talk to you for another two hours. Oh, I know. I saw what I was just thinking. I was like, I feel like you and I could have one of those podcast episodes where we like start early in the morning and then we end up recording for like six hours. <laughs> just talking about all these different things. Well, thank you so much, Chris. I really, really, really appreciate you coming on and and sharing just your gift. Again, it's just, it's so amazing. And so if people are interested in connecting with you, working with you, where would you like them to go? Sure. Easiest thing is just my website, therapyoutsidethebox.com. Um, or I'm very active on Instagram at therapyoutsidethebox. Perfect. Yep. And I will put both of those things in the show notes so people can click on that easily. Very cool. And thank yeah. you for doing this podcast and and having it be open to people who are doing things in creative or non-traditional ways. Absolutely. That's why I, I I felt called to call mine IFS with a twist. <laughs> I love it. Let's get twisty. Let's, let's get twisty. Get twist. Yes, I love it. All <laughs> right. You. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you all so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, give it a rating and leave a review. You can also follow me on Instagram at Natalie Deering and sign up for my newsletter on my website, ndwellnessservices.com to receive updates about podcast episodes, workshops, and more.